0: Okay, hello friends, and welcome to a Chabura public shiur. Chodesh uh, tov for many of us. Uh, tonight we will be exploring what constitutes a day in halacha and the status of twilight. Uh, leading us today is Rabbi Yitzchak Berdugo. Rabbi Berdugo is a true talmid chachamim, and it is always a privilege to have him with us at the Chabura. About our speaker, Rabbi Berdugo is the founder of the Institute of Sephardic de He received his semicha from R- R- Rabbi Yaakov Ben Chaim of Betinu Chaim. He also studied in the Kolel of Florida under Avbet, Dean of Miami, Rabbi David Schoen. He is currently studying towards a Dayanut qualifications through the Eris Hamda Institute and Montefiore Endowment. As mentioned, Rabbi Dugo has been with us many times before, and I highly recommend giving those previous shiurim a listen. Uh, those classes can be found on the Haburah's website through the members' portal. Uh, with that said, thank you so much for joining us, everyone, and uh, thank you so much, Rabbi Duggo. Uh, the floor is yours.
1: Alrighty, Shalom Aleichem to everyone. Uh, it's definitely a pleasure to be back with you guys again. It's, uh, it's such a beautiful thing we have here to have the Habura and to have a platform where we could share these type of ideas with each other. Um, this is a topic that a lot of people talk about, but not a lot of people talk about the way we're going to talk about it. And uh, we're going to do it Habura style, or at least my style in the Habura. With definitely a lot of marimekomot and uh, not so much filtering, we're going to say it as is. So it's a large topic. It's more on the advanced side, especially in the beginning, because we're going to to really understand it properly. We're going to have to go through the gemarot. Um, there's a famous contradiction between one gemara to another gemara. I see the approach of the tosafot, how they um, came up with a certain idea based off the, the contradictions we're going to see how the Geonim learned it differently, and we're going to see what is the practice and what should we, how should we practice nowadays. So, without further ado, let's uh, begin. I'm going to share my screen with you guys. Uh, let me know if you guys can get it. Uh, sorry, just got one and share. Can you see? Can you confirm? Uh, yeah, it's perfect. Okay. righty. So let's begin. Oh, why is it just one screen? Okay. There we go. Okay, better like that. So the first Gemara is in Shabbat, And it starts off with Tanura Ban. Ben So what's Benashemashot? We're gonna say for just the sake of easiness, we're gonna say Ben is twilight. When the sun goes down, the simple interpretation is when the sun goes down past the horizon, the entire sun, seemingly, this is how the simple explanation that is already, that's called B'na Shemashot. So we're going to call this twilight. So it's, however, that it says, perhaps we're in doubt, is it, does it compose of both day and night elements? Or or perhaps it's a safek if it's the entire thing is day, or safek kulo laila, or perhaps the entire thing. Is a nighttime, so we have three different svehot regarding this time of ben Ashot. So I already gave you the introduction, but the Gemara asked, "What is ben hashemashot?" Right? We're gonna have to get used to this word ben Ashot, For anybody who doesn't know, so Rabbi Yehuda. So I'm just, I actually just cut and paste different parts of the Gemara, sometimes a little bit out of order, but just to make it easy for the the, the class right now. So very important to Remember, Rabbi Yehuda. Right, Rabbi Yehuda was a tanah. And he says, once the sun sets past the horizon, we're going to go with a simple explanation right now. When the entire Pene Mizrach, seemingly that means the eastern side of the world, when it's still red. But however, the Gemara later on, I brought in the footnote below, that the Gemara in Lamed Hayes explains that what does it mean, Pene mizrach? It means the penei ma'arab, the actual, the West that brings light to the East. So whenever the West, really, whenever the West still has red in it, that's considered to be b'na shamashot. But then the Gemara says, continues Rabbi Yehuda, hichsif tahton hichsif Let's say the bottom part of the sky, right? Let's say it's a dome. You have the bottom part of the sky, the upper part of the sky. So the bottom part of the sky got dark. But the the top part is still red. That's still considered until But once the upper part of the sky also became equally dark to the bottom. That's when it's night. So the Gemara, I skipped it out here, but the Gemara asks, it's kind of confusing because you said once it's when it's red in the West, that's already Ben But then it said, no, only if it's Hichsif tachtom, So uh, it sounds like, no, it's not, red is not enough to be Ben It has to be only when it's dark on the bottom red on top. So therefore, two different amoraim they try to interpret the words of Rabbi Yehuda, who was the Tana, like we mentioned. So the first one is Rabba. Rabba, he says, sorry, well, it's actually amoraim, yeah, in the name, yeah. It's amoraim. Rabba, in the name of, Shimuel, and also Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yosef in the name of Shimuel as well. So they're both saying it from Shimuel. Two different teachings, you know, the, the, the link of the tradition somehow broke. And therefore, there's two explanations of what Shimuel said. They're both saying it in the name of Rabbi Huda, but Raba says one way, and Rabbi Yosef says another way. So Raba he says, You have to actually combine the whole teaching of Rabbi Huda and teach it this way. What is considered to be this ben HaShemashot, twilight. So when once the sun goes past the horizon and the entire east is, which really means the west, is red. That's ben HaShemashot. And let's say just the bottom is dark, but the top part of the west is still red. Nami That's still considered to be ben HaShemashot. Until only until it completely the western side gets completely dark, that's going to be Laila. That's when it's considered nighttime. So the Gemara actually explains what is this exactly, what's the measurement, how do we measure this? So it says, and then it explains that's which means three fourths of a mil. This time frame of when the sun goes down all the way to uh, the nighttime, the time frame of that the time spent is is 3 fourths of a mil so what is a mil mil is this uh, it's probably it was a roman type of uh, measuring for measuring for distance and simply the the geonim the rishonim they explain it's the distance it takes to walk 2000 amot right and ama is sixth fakhim so let's say uh, the, whatever it is sixth fakhim one ama 2000 of that that is a mil and how long does it take to walk 2000 amot so there's actually a different she taught regarding that. We have the, the famous one of the tinumat Deshin. It's important to remember this. It's going to be 18 minutes. It takes to walk, walk one mil is 18 minutes. So therefore, three-fourths of a mil, which the Gemara said according to Rabbah, that's going to be 13 and a half minutes. So it's very famous. Always people talk about, oh, let's say oh, you prayed mincha or oh, it's Pashakia and you have to do Mincha. You know, Hamobadi yourself says, Oh, you have 13 and a half minutes. Because that's three-fourths of a mil. According to the Terumat Adeshin that holds 18 minutes is the time it takes to walk a meal. Uh, we're going to see the Rambam. He actually was posek. He held, he writes in Pirosh Vishnayot in m- multiple places, that the time it takes to walk a meal is actually 24 minutes. So it's longer. So therefore, three-fourths of 24, what would be three-fourths of a meal? According to the Rambam, it's 18 minutes. So you have more time. Uh, we're going to see Maran Shuch HaNaruch. He, Ramazuz brings down a few places, he says he didn't see what uh, the Rambam held, he only saw the Terumat regarding that it was 18 minutes and not 24 minutes, so whatever it is, he says it's three-fourths of a meal, that time of Bena Shamashot is three-fourths of the meal, we're going to go with the Rambam shot, which is three-fourths of 24 minutes, which is 18 minutes for a meal. Then you have Rav Yosef. We're not just to go a little faster because there's a lot of information. He holds it's terate tilte mil, it's two-thirds of a mil. And the, the math would be according to Rabbah, it's nine twelfths of a mil. And according to Rav Yosef, it's a little shorter, it's eight twelfths of a mil. Right. So therefore, just added in here that the difference between Rav Yosef and Rabbah would be one-twelfth of a mil. So according to Rambam, there's a two-minute difference. According to uh, between Rabban and Rav Yosef, so now that's the shita. They were again, Rabban and Rav Yosef were trying to explain Rabbi Yuda. So then you come, you have Rabbi Nehamiah, he comes and says a different shita. He says, No, he says the time from Shikiah of Bina Shamashot is going to be half of the meal, right? So it will be 12 minutes. Then you have Rabbi Yosei, another very important. He says, this, the, this time of twilight, which we call twilight, but now we have to go back to the Hebrew term because there's not an English translation for it. But is it's like a blink of an eye. It comes out of nowhere. It comes in and goes out. And it's impossible to actually you know, give a time for it because it's so fast. So therefore, the Gemara actually later on, I copied and pasted here in a different place, it says that the time of Ben Hashem Ashot, of Rabbi uh, Yossi, comes right after Rabbi Yuda. So let's say, Rabbi Yehuda, according to Rabbah, again, this is technical, but it's three-fourths of a mil, which is 18 minutes. Right after 18 minutes, boom, comes in the time of Rabbi Yossi, and that's when Ben Hashem counts. So therefore, Rabbi Yossi, you have much more time to uh, 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 of daytime until Ben Hashem comes. You have 18 minutes, and then comes in the time of Rabbi Yossi. Fine. So now the Gemara adds in uh, what's the Halacha? Halacha lemaseh, who do we go like? We have all these different shitot. We have, again, Rabbi Yehuda, we have Rabbi Nechamiah, Rabbi Yossi. Who do we go like? So the Gemara says, Amar Amar Rabbi Halacha ki Rabbi Yehuda Shabbat. So we're going to be Machmir. For Shabbat, we're going to be Machmir, and the poskim, we're going to go with rabba, which is three-fourths of a meal. So Shabbat, we're not going to do, once, let's say, three-fourths of a meal from Shkia from sunset downwards, comes in, that time, we're not going to do any melacha. And also for Shabbat, when it's leaving, we're going to be machmir. We're going to make sure that we wait after sunset, 18 minutes, according to the Rambam, until we can do melacha. So Shabbat, we're going to be machmir. And however, for tirumah, we're going to be machmir, but we're going to be machmir like Rabbi Yosi because the koanim, they were not able to eat the tirumah, until Ben Asher finished, they have to eat it at nighttime only. So therefore, we're going to be Machmir and wait longer, right? Because if you were to to be more Mekel, it would be faster. So we're going to take the Chumrot of Boshitot. Fine. The next page of the Gemara. Now we have Amar Rabbi Yuda Amar another uh, teaching from the same Rav Shmuel. Right before we had uh, Amar Rabbi Yuda Amar two two rabbis, Rabbi and Rabbi Yosef, explaining what Rabbi Yuda held. So now. He comes in on his own, Rabbi Yehuda Amar Shemuel, Shemuel by himself, and he says, something very important that we're going to see that is Johnim Mark Posek. Kocha one star is daytime. Shenaim, two stars, ben Hashemashot. Laila. So even when, according to this so far, even when it's, let's say the sun went down and there's only one star, it's still considered to be day. When you have two that's when it's safek. You have one star from the day, one star from the night. It's Ben Hashem Ashut. Three stars, Rav Kafah, he actually explains that you have now two outdoing the one star of the day, two of the night outdoing the ones of the day. So therefore it's laila. So in Ammar biyose. so what type of stars are we referring to? So Loko Chavim Gedolim Anirim Bayon. We're not talking about stars, big stars that only can be seen during the daytime, right? Sometimes you can look out the window, you see the moon and can sometimes see stars, very big stars. And we're not talking about stars that are so small that you only see at nighttime. This is very important. Rather, we're talking about average stars, which means these are stars that you could actually see once the sun set. There's these type of stars that come out. They have to be average stars. Fine. And now a very important teaching that uh, again, I copied and pasted from the Gemara. It says like this. Ammar so Rava he told his servant, and then according to the Girsar of Hananel, he told bnei Mehuza, he told the people, the citizens of Mehuza. He says, You guys, that you're not so well-versed, and you're not educated in the measurements or the timings of the rabbis. When you see the sun go on top of the palm trees, on the top part of the palm trees, go and light your candles for Shabbat, or light your lights for Shabbat. That's the last time you can do melacha. You don't really know when the sun or when Ben Hashem O'Shot starts. So therefore, we'll make it easy for you. Look at the palm trees, see the sun on the west. It's right above the palm trees. Do all your melacha you need to do, and halas, that's it. So then the Gemara asks, B'mata, Ozar, Mai, what happens if it's a cloudy day? What do you do? So it says, mata if you're in a city, so look at the chickens, the bird, the chickens. They used to go and sit on these type of uh, on these beams, and they would do it. They would sit dafka. They would go up onto these beams during ben shot. So that or, or right before ben shot, before the evening came. So that's a time. That's a siman that you can actually know to when when's the last time you could do melacha and And if you're in the desert, then orve. Then take the ravens. The ravens do a similar type of thing. Inami. Alternatively. Adane, adane. Rashi explains that put them in the brackets is that these are type of plants or trees or or, or grass that it actually it would move during the direction of the uh, of the sun. So while the when the sun's about to 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 set, the the leaves start going towards the west, and therefore you know then that it's going to be sunset, and therefore you can no longer do any melacha. So that is the first gemara gemara in Shabbat. Remember this. Shabbat, the first Gamera Shabbat that talks about Ben Hashem actually explains Ben Hashem how long it is. Simply put it, sounds like the way Harambam is posek. simply. Everything I say is simply because we're going to say how there's so much people on this concept. But the simple pshat of Harambam is that we're going like Rabbah, where it's three-fourths of a meal. And at the same time, we're going with Rabbi huda Shemuel, that it has to be three stars that are Benoni, regular stars that you can see. Uh, they're not big stars, not small stars, just the right small stars that you can see. And that's when you have, uh, that's Ben Hashem Ashot. And at that moment, we're going to be Machmir and Shabbat. However, background information, before we get to the next Gemara Sahim, it's important to, to actually know how the, or actually, actually the cosmology of the Hachamim in the old days. How did they used to look at the sun, the movement of the sun, the movement of the moon, the Galgalim, et cetera. So, and this is important because we're going to see really how Rabin Utam based his theory off of the cosmology of that time. So a uh, uh, Gemara, before we get into the Ben Hashemashot of the Gemara, it's important for everybody to know this. The Gemara there in Sadi Dalid, it says, the Jewish scholars would say, so during the day, if you can follow along with my mouse, so during the daytime, the, the, the sun would go underneath the rakia, right? The rakia is the firmament. The firmament was this type of, uh, I don't know how to even say, explain it in modern science and cosmology, because we don't really have it. But it's, uh, let's say, in a simple pshat, let's say we read Bereshit, it's to keep the maimelyonim up in there. And there's, uh, it's, the stars and everything are kavu inside of that. They're in that. So, the, according, according to the way the Hachamim used to look at the world, is that the sun goes underneath the firmament. So, right over here, my, follow my mouse. So we can see all the different stars in this picture. So, we go underneath the Rakia. But at nighttime, so if you follow my mouse, if you can see it, it goes above the firmament. So, you just follow the orange dotted lines from left to right. It goes first above the entire, sorry, uh, below the firmament around the world. And then it goes into the firmament at nighttime and then goes back around. It doesn't go underneath the earth. And then and it goes all the way back to the beginning of sunset and makes its way through the rakia and repeats over and over again. So it does not go underneath the globe or the earth, or let's say maybe the flat earth. <laughs> it doesn't go underneath. Rather, it just goes above. It goes uh, uh, below the the below the firmament, and then above the firmament, but never below the earth. So that's the way the hachamim, the Jewish hachamim used to believe. The Hachme umot haolam however, the the non-Jewish scholars, probably referring to the Greek scholars, bayom hama lemata min they say no. During the daytime, it goes underneath the rakia. So they agree that there's this rakia. Ubalaila lemata min However, at nighttime, it doesn't go over the firmament again. Rather, it goes below the earth. And this is what we know nowadays, that the sun goes below the earth. And Amar Rabbi, if anybody has questions on this, no problem. Uh, so Amar Rabbi, Rebbe comes and says, Rabi Anasi, he says, He says, it seems that their words are more correct than our words, that the sun goes underneath the earth. <laughs> the proof for that is because during the night, during the daytime, we see that the springs are cold. And at night time, they're, 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 they're hot. What Rabbi is saying is that since the sun goes underneath the earth at night time, that causes the earth to to uh, heat up, and therefore the wells and the springs they get hot. That's actually the halacha why we have to have ma'im Shalan on Pesach when you're making your matzah, the water has to be rested. You have to take it out from the from the the ground, leave it overnight in a cup or in your refrigerator, whatever you want to do. And then use that water because we don't want the water to be hot from the the sun from underneath the earth. Whatever, we're going to see there soon there's a book coming out about Rabbeinu Ben Benarambam that he explains that even this science of Rebbe, how he thought that the hachamim, the hachme goyim were correct, was based off of incorrect science because we know nowadays we have a core in the, in the middle of the earth. And that's where the heat comes from. And it's not getting heated up from the sun going below the earth. But whatever, that's the gemara. This is the gemara just so you know it's very interesting if you can open up any sidur i have uh let's say my koren sidur right it, it, here i i brought the denusach as well it says you know and we stay on shabbat in shaharit before on the, the berachot of kirat shma we say ha kol yeducha ve ha kol yesh en kadosh kadonai ha kol yom chasal ya yotzer kol el ha potach bechol yom datot sharei mizrach right we say that god who opens up the doors of the east, right, he pierces the, he makes a hole in the rakia, the firmament, he takes the sun from its spot, which is from outside the firmament, firmament, and brings it back, he takes it from there, and he also puts the moon also, I didn't explain it, but the moon also goes through the same process as well, just alternating with the sun. So in the the the, the, the Sidur, that we pray with every day or on Shabbat, we actually have this in our nusach, and it's part of the song that we say before um, or during the berachot of Shema. So that seemingly is problematic because how do we deal with the gamara? The gamara sounds like that. Rabbi Yehuda Anasi himself he said that the words of the hahami of the goyim are more correct than our words, right? So we're going to see how the different uh, rishonim approach this. Fine, so now with that understanding of how the, the cosmology of the ancient world and how they understood it, we're going to see the Gemarim Sahim. Rabbi Yehuda comes in Rabbi Yehuda. The same, remember, Rabbi Yehuda that we learned before, he was the one that said three-fourths of a meal is Ben That's the distance of Ben He says, He says, the thickness of the Rekia, right? So we have here the firmament. How thick is the firmament that the sun has to travel? So he says it's one-tenth of the distance of the day, of pretty much the distance in between one rikiyah to the other rikiyah, other side of the rikiyah, right? And therefore, I'm going to have to, we're, we're running, uh, there's a lot of information. So in the end, he says it's arbaat milin. He says that it's one-fourth, or sorry, one-tenth of the entire distance of the day would be would be four milin. So therefore, which is one parsa. So according to Rabbi Yehuda, here in the Gemar Psachim. Sounds like the distance of ben hashemashot, or he doesn't say ben but ma'alot shachara netzahama hama, or mishkiyata. I put it in purple here, mishkiyata hama v'atzeta kuchavim, shkiya t'seta kuchavim arbaat milin. He writes explicitly four milin, right? We just said before it's three fourths of one mil. He's saying it's four mil. So it's contradiction seemingly, right? And then. On top of that, you have Rabba barahana, Umar, Rabbi Barachana, Rabbi Yohanan says, no, it's five milin. He does the calculations differently. So he says from the time when the sun goes down past the horizon, all the way till it goes through the thickness of the firmament, it takes five million, which is a much greater distance. So Tosafot, all the way in Shabbat, going back to the first Gemara we learned, he deals with this question, right? Famously, the school of thought of Tosafot is of course, they're always, they're coming to bring Different stirot between one Gemara and another Gemara, and then providing a solution for that uh, contradiction. So, according to their, their school of thought, he says, In our Gemara in Shabbat, the first thing we learn is you have three fourths of the meal for Shkia until But now, the Gemara we just read in about the Rakia, etc., it says, four milin so therefore, skip to the bold. The Omar Rabenu Utam. This is the famous Shita of Rabenu Tam. The Hatam there in Psachim, Ma'iri Shikia. In Psachim, when it said four mil, that's talking about the beginning of the Shikia, which means right when the sun goes down from the horizon before it enters into the Erkia, or while it's entering into the kiya, that's where you start the four, the counting for four milin. However, ve'acha in Shabbat, the first thing we learn, Meshitishka misof shikia. Right, that's where the lashon Meshitishka. is talking about misof shikia, the end of Shakia, which means acha hama Once the sun already went into the the death the depth of the of the firmament, then you count three fourths of a meal left. Right. So before we read more of this, I'm just going to go down a little bit. Uh, I was going to draw something out, but then Baruch Hashem. Google. I googled it, and there's already a beautiful drawing put out there. Uh, I forgot the website. I didn't put it, but uh, here they explain Shitata Rabinutam very simply. You have, uh, let's go to this picture here. So you have here's the Rekia, right? The Rekia goes around the world, and according to the Hachamim, the Jewish Hachamim, the sun would go through the the the, the rakia, the firmament, and then go all the way up, starting from the the east again, going through that. So that we're dealing with the ma'arav here. So so here you have the Shemesh going into the Rakia. That's the Shakia right here. And then you have, it's in the the, the, the Rakia itself. And then towards the end, you have, if you see the dotted line right here, that dotted line, that's the Ben That's the three-fourths meal you have left until it gets to the big, thick dotted line, the, the thick black line. That's the end of shakia which would create if you look at the next picture? Setakuchavim. So you say from so from the yom from the day, once it goes into the rukia all the way till it goes out the rukia, the other side of the rukia, to go be, behind the rukia, you have arbat milin. However, you have three fourths of a mil at the end of the journey of the sun through the rukia through the firmament, which is three fourths of a mil, right? So therefore, Tosafot. Is basing his answer according to the understanding of the Hachamim, the Jewish Hachamim, which we're going to see is a problem, like we just learned before, because seemingly the Jewish Hachamim admi- admitted that they were incorrect and that there's no business of the Rakia of the Shemesh going through the Rakia. But nevertheless, he's saying that that Rabbi Yehuda he was counting in the Gemara and Shabbat the Sof shekiah, which is the three fourths of a mil. That's when Ben shot uh, uh, comes in and therefore that's when we're going to be Safek Yom, safik laila. but everything else before that dotted line is still considered to be day, that's the most shocking thing about Rabbi Tam is that once the sun goes past the, the ofek, ofek is the horizon in Hebrew, once it goes past that it's still day, you still have plenty of time, right, you have pretty much uh, three mil and a fourth of, uh, of time before it actually is even before it's Ben Hashem And then you have Ben Hashem which is only three fourths of mil left. Right? So that is the Shita of Rabin Utam. And just in 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 uh, he has a sefer Sefer yashar of Rabin Utam. Uh that is the sefer where he actually explains it more and he brings more proofs behind it, and he brings his ideology behind it. And simply uh, we don't have to really go to it because we don't have enough time. But uh, the Ramban as well, he 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 kind of brings it nicely. I'll just read the Ramban. He he summarizes it nicely. He says, Rabinu Tam holds Omer Hama the it maracha haynu hama. The shabbat that's talking about the Enshkia, like we mentioned. Right, which means where the sun already went it's already absorbed in the middle of the firmament, and it's still parallel to the to the opening, the window. Right? We saw in the tefillah, the sidur that there's actually a window that opens up for the sun to come out and in from. So it's still, though, it's still parallel to that window, that opening. And since it didn't pass the window yet, and it didn't go to the back of the rakia yet. Therefore, that's why you get some redness going on in the West because of the sun going through that window of opening in the firmament. And that's what the Gemara, our Gemara in Shabbat, the first Gemara we learned, when it says um, uh, that uh, it's still red in the West, that's because the sun's coming through, the redness is coming through the, clo- the window of the firmament. However, the beginning shikia, which is what we call twilight nowadays, when the sun passes the horizon, that's still daytime, according to Rabbi And now, he says here in Sefer Yashar, Rabbi says, I have to say this because of the S'tira between the two different Gemarot. And uh, and he actually brings a beautiful Diuk. This is, you know, Tosafot is... Being very meduyak on the words that the Gemara uses, the Gemara uses a lashon. In uh, in general, you call Mishkiyatahama. hama. hama means when the sun just went past the horizon and it's still daytime, according to Rabbi Tam. However, the Gemara in in uh, in, in Psachim, sorry Michila, the Gemara in Shabbat, the first Gemara, it didn't say mishkiyat; it said mishitishka which means mashma, implies, right, which means, means it's already in the middle of the firmament. It's not just mehishtakash when it's just at the beginning. It's rather it's in the middle of the firmament, and therefore you're already way past that beginning horizon, and you're in the middle of it. And therefore, the gemara and Shabbat uses Meshitishka, so we must be talking about the end, of the shikia, And now he brings proofs, right? And we're going to deal with these proofs. Number one, he brings from Ner Hanukkah. Ner Hanukkah, right? The Gemara uses the Lashon. Mitzvata Meshitishka. Ahama. Regal Minashuk. Right? You, you can light the candles. When you start lighting the candles, from Meshitishka, according to Rabin Tam, that's, you know, much longer. It's not sunset. It's right before. It's right at the time of the last three-fourths meal of the of the end the sun's journey of the of the Rikiyah, right and that's from the time when the there's no more people in the shuk anymore which means the the and which the gemara explains that these were rashi explains that these were people that would sell wood at the end and they would be very late at night so therefore the laylahu, right according to uh rabbinuta mishitishka hama is nighttime we're going to see uh beautiful right he says when the gemara just brings mishitishka hama that means nighttime. So, Ner Hanukkah, Mishitishka Hama, nighttime. However, our Gemara in Shabbat, the first thing we learn, it says, Mishitik Shama, Shipinei mizrach Ma'adimim. It added a, these, 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 these words that are underlined here. And therefore, that's Mashma, that it's nighttime. Only Mishitika Hama is Laila. But when you have the word, Shipine mizrach Ma'adimim, therefore, that means it's not all the way night yet. It's that three-fourths meal and journey of the sun. So he's making different diukim. He brings another Gemara in Zavachim about when the blood or the korban can be uh, pagul, when you have a bad intention for it. If you have kavana, mishitishka hama, right? The Gemara also uses the mishnah, the Gemara uses the lashon, mishitishka hama, mishitishka. Again, remember, whenever Tosifon says mishitishka or the Gemara says mishitishka, that means nighttime. And he he brings that, that must be talking about nighttime. Uh, Another proof he brings is that the Rashba brings a proof to defend Rabin Utam? Like we said in, the, in the, the, the the advertising for the class is that it's the Geonim versus the Rishonim. Why? Because most Rishonim, the Rashba, the Ramban, we're going to see everybody held like Rabbi The Rashba also brings another proof. Remember that Gemara, that Rabba, he said that you guys, my servant or Bnei Mehuza, according to Rabin Hananel, that you don't know, you're not experts in the time of the sun, you know, check when the, the sun is by the palm trees by the head of the palm trees, and that's enough time. That's when you stop doing milachar. So says the rashbah, what's the proof for, for Tosafot? He says, if you know the the measurements of the rabbis, the timing of the rabbis, even if there's no more sun anymore, which means it's not on the reshtikla, it's not there. Rather, it completely went down the horizon. We're going to say you're allowed to light because it's still daytime. So Rashba is saying that the sun went down. If you know the timing, you're still able to light because why would Rava give a timing so close down there? It's really hard to understand this, but uh, simply Rashba is trying to bring a proof for Rabin utam that only you guys that don't know the, know the time. But if we know the times, therefore we're allowed to go even lower when the, which means when the sun already passes the horizon. So now we're going to get into the questions of this Tosafot. So, but before that, just a, a little Sikum I wrote here. According to Tosafot, Shikiya hama. these are very important words, Shikiya hama. that is the beginning of Shikiya, which is still daytime. Whenever you add the word Shikiya hama, Rabbeinu says daytime, no problem, which means it already, it's twilight. Twilight, according to the Rabbi the, uh, the Tam, the first part of twilight, still daytime, 100%. Meshitishka Hama, whenever it says Meshitishka, which means already really into the Rakiya, that means it's Sete Kuchavim, it's nighttime, like we said for Hanukkah. However, Meshitishka Hama, Kozman Shepenim Mizrach Ma'adimim, like they were in Shabbat, that means it's the, towards the end of Shkiah, right before the three-fourths mil, the last journey of the three-fourths of a meal of the sun, and that's Ben Hashemashot. So, mitishka hama, kozman, shepenim, izach, that's bena So, those are the three different uh, outcomes of Rabinu Tam, of how he interprets the word shikia, mishitishka, or mishka hama, kozman, shepenim, Okay, so now now's the questions. First of all, it's very simple. Remember, he brought the proof from Zavachim about, about, about when you do the shikita and you have the wrong intention for after nighttime the problem is is that right before that the gemara uses the lashon dam nifsal bishkiyat chama right remember Rabbeinu tam says meshitishka means nighttime and he said is vahima meshitishka but here he's saying the gemara itself uses the lashon bishkiyat chama Shikiyah. and according to Rabbein tam Shikiyah means daytime still so it doesn't make sense and also the gemara also brings down Amar be tsakbar avdumi minai le dam nifsal bishkiyat chama so also According to Rabbi Uttam, it said it said uh, So the to Tosavot on the spot, they answer, but now they already built a certain Pirpul off of the, the different stira, the contradiction between Gema and Shabbat Sahim. And now they came up with the different words of what they mean. And now you have to deal with these things again. So they deal with it, but they have to build another type of uh, of lambdis, as they say, on, on this on these contradictions. So now, Rabdavid David Shilush. you know, I love Rabdavid David Shilush. So Rabdavid David Shilush, he actually has a whole beautiful, he talks about in in, in, uh, in all of his farim that he wrote on Hemdaginuza, on each helik, And on the second one, he deals with it very well about B'nashem shemashot. Uh, actually, at the end of this uh, PDF, I brought in how he starts off this, this whole question of, should we be machmir on, on it or not? And here he brings down the proofs. He kind of, he destroys left and right, the proofs of the Tosafot. Which again, you know, he, he has big uh, muscles to do that. So you're right. First of all, the proof from Ner Hanukkah. Remember, Tosifot said, Ner Hanukkah, he actually, actually, in Menachot, he actually brings, or he brings, a, he, he explains there, is that, of course, it has to be nighttime, because if it's daytime, you don't really have any benefit from the Ner Hanukkah, or you don't see it because you don't have a candle during the daytime. What benefit is does it, you know? What, what benefit is it? So, so he explains, David Shalush, what are you talking about? No the simple Pshad HaMishtishka is regular sunset. And at that moment, at Shikiya, when you're lighting candles, you can actually notice it because the sun is not in its full strength. Only when the sun's in its full strength, that's a problem. But when the sun is already at sunset, you can notice it. Actually, sorry, Rav Kafir explains as well that according to the Rambam, uh, you actually in the Gaon de Vilna as well, you light the Hanukkah candles at Shikiah. And he explains it that it's actually Nikar for the Mitzvah. HaHamim Dafka wanted you to light during Shikiah, because if you're lighting it during the daytime, you don't see the candles. If you're lighting it at nighttime, then people are going to think it's just regular candles for your house because it's dark. So at Shkia, when it's in between times, that's the best time to light, according to Bam. So therefore, David Shalush says, that's not a proof. And then he brings the, the whole proof that the Rashba brought regarding the the clay the that Rabbah told them to look at the top of the palm trees. He's saying... He says it doesn't make sense if the time that they're giving, Rava told them, is when the sun is at the top of the palm trees. Why only there? Why limit them to there? According to Rabbi Tam, you still have another hour—one hour—until Sefer or Ben Shamashot. From that time all the way till the Ben the last three fourths of the meal of the, of of Rabbi you have you have an hour. So why would the hachamim be so mahmir on the people, the servants or the b'meim they don't know the of the rabbis, for one hour? Yeah, give them a... Yeah. So therefore, he says, it doesn't make sense that proof of the Rashba either. So now, going back to science. So the lech mishnah, I think so far what I saw was the first opinion to actually show that the Rabbeinu Tam was based off of the incorrect science, right? He says that... Uh, he says that the Rava Magid who brought Rabbi Nutam on the Ramban these, these are all pirushim. The Laha Mishnah was from Salonika. He one of the most beautiful pirushim on the Ramban. He writes that, that the Magid Mishnah who brought the Rabbi Nutam, he says no, that Rabbi Nutam. They're going with Rabbi Nutam. Shita is with the incorrect science of the Hachamim, the Jewish Hachamim, before they reverted to what the or they retracted and went with the hachmei Goyim, right? Because he says, look, avalkasha in the bold. Right, he explicitly says the lashon was The Greek scholars, they defeated the Jewish scholars. Right, we're gonna see that's the left the the in the Nebuchim, in the next uh, yeah, actually you skip to that. The huam beferush the he brings down this girsah. We need hu israel. Right? The girsa we have in our Vilna edition is that Their words seem more likely to ours right but the the girsa that the Rambam and the, all the old andalusian texts had is actually no but it's who they won they defeated it's a much stronger russian uh um, wording of defeat that they beat us, so therefore he's saying that's completely a wrong svara and therefore so yeah he, he the, going back to the Lachemisha, he asked the how did how did how can you hold? How did Rebbeinu Tam be posek like this? After the opinion of the Chachmei Yisrael were already pushed off, they lost, right? So what do they do with this? So we're going to see soon. So already you see the Rambam he held like that as well. He brings down Monivuchim that the the Jewish Chachamim, were wrong, and it's not a problem to believe the Goim in these type of things because these are things based off proof, and we didn't have a tradition for it, it which is based off we didn't get these type of sciences on on Har Sinai, although. Many rabbis nowadays will tell you that they did get in into Harsinai. However, according to the Rambam, they didn't have this tradition from Harsinai. So therefore, you know, we're just talking about with uh, empirical evidence, no problem. Fine. So the Mikubetzet. Who was the Mikubetzet? He was of Bitzalel Ashkenazi, living in Egypt. The Ariza went to go study by him. He was a Talmud of the Radbaz. It's important to remember the Radbaz because we're going to see there's a big makhluk between the Radbaz and the Maharam al-Ashkar. Two big hahamim. They both came from Gerush Farad when the Inquisition came, got kicked out of Spain. They ended up in Egypt, going to different places, but they ended up in Egypt. And they had a big machloket on this question. Do we go like Rabin Tam or not? The Ravad, sorry, the, the Radbaz, he went with Rabin Tam. And the, the Maharam Al-Ashkar, he did not go with Rabin Tam. And the Shita Mikubetzet was a Talmid of the Radbaz. He actually took over his position in the Beit Din when the Radbaz made Aliyah to Eretz Israel. So the shita Mikubetzet, Look what he says here. He says, "Shemati Mishmosha Rabbeinu Tam." Right? I don't know if anybody else wrote this before, but he's saying, "I heard in the name of Rabbeinu Tam." That what we said in the Gemara Pesachim that the Jewish hahamim admitted to the goyim. Look what he says: that, "That that the Jewish people admitted that they won. That was only because they had better proofs against us, which means they were better lawyers than us. But the truth, the real truth, the fact is that the Jewish scholars were right. And that's why it says the Shittim or Rabbeinu Tam is that in the Tifilah, you open up the Sidur. On Shabbat, we talk about the sun going through the raqia and the moon going through the raqia, going through the firmament. And that's why we have it there. Right, and it's actually a good proof. You know, we, we have to be bothered. Why is it that we have it here if the Gemara itself tells us, or the or the Tanaim, they said that they lost? How, how could it be? So, therefore, he says that don't read the Gemara at face value. We want, we lost because they had better proofs, they had better lawyers in us. But really, we were right. We have you know the secrets, and we were right. So now. Rab David Chelush, going back to Rav David Chelush. he says, nowadays, you know, this is worse than a flat earth, you know, believer. I mean, you do still have flat earth people, but he says, nowadays, it's impossible to deny that the goyim, the chachamim or the goyim defeated the Jewish people. You can't, this Shitamikubetzit or what he said in the name of Rabbeinu Tam, you're going to, it's uh, preposterous to believe in that. V'ilu haya hashita mikubetetet beyamenu, and if the he lived in our days, of course he would retract from what he said. Right? And now, beautiful, this problem that we have in the Sidur, how do we say this every day? It says, uh, So he gives two answers. Number one, it's Teoria Pi'utit. It's just a poetic theory. That's just, you know, just like in Tehillim, it says, Right? This is Tehillim talking about the sun and giving it some physical form to it or like human attributes to it. So too, you know, we're, it's just poetic theory. Don't take a literal relax. However, the second shot, which is beautiful, I actually have the Sidur of Rambam. He says, if you look and he says, and this seems more more uh, plausible to Rav, uh, Rav Shalush, he says, if you open up the Sidur of Rav Saadia Gaon and the Sidur of the Rambam, those words are not in the Sidur. Right? And he says, he says that, he's suspicious. he says, Perhaps some people who wanted to really sh- give chizuk to the, to the shita, the shita mikubeset, they actually put it into our sidurim, right? I don't know if the uh, Spanish and Portuguese sidur has it. That'd be interesting. But uh, every sidur that I know, Sephardi sidur, modern day sidur actually has it. So, uh, yeah. So he says that uh, some, you know, people did it in order to to uh, to strengthen the shita of the shita mikubeset. And he actually brings down from Yuda Barcelona, that somebody somebody who says that, ta'ut ikar. Right. This is one of the Rishonim, early Rishonim. He writes that it's a mistake to say this in your sidur. Right. And he brings down that Hachamim, only in two places that they say that you have to mention Shabbat. Only in uh only in uh in uh, uh in Shabbat which is the Amida in the Bikrat Amazon. But if you're gonna add it in other places, don't change anything around. And if you're doing that. You're changing the the nature of the of the text that Hachamim made. So therefore, you know you see that Rav Shadush is saying, you know, it's really it shouldn't be in our sidurim and it was added later. Fine. Um, now, he, Rav Shadush, he he says he's just astonished how people like Rabbi Akiva Eger or the 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 uh, these are all later opinions that they already knew about America they already knew about how the sun works and they still didn't retract and they went with the, the pshat of Rabbein Tam or they went with the pshat of the Shitamiku so he's just he's saying how can he says, how can you write things that you know that the mitzut the truth is slapping you in the face how can you write such you know, lies so he just he's astonished by these hachamim that they still went with the other pshat right uh, and he says, this is beautiful. This is what Rabinu Avram and Arambam is all about. And this is, you see two different school of thoughts. Some, you know, they want to hide the fact that the Jewish hachamim were wrong. And therefore they say, no, like the shita mi shita, Whereas the shita of like the Shelush, and this is the shita of the Rambam and the shita of Rabin Avram and Rambam. is you see the gidula, the greatness of the hachamim is that they were modella emet. They were admitting to the truth when they were wrong. So just two different ways how to look at it. Is the glass half full or half empty? Fine. Maram al Ashkar. So the Maram al Ashkar, he had a question brought to him is a child that was born on Friday, right after twilight, right after the sun went down, but before the time of Rabbein Utam Shikia, right? Or the time of the Rabbein Hashem of Do we do the Mila on that same time, which is according to Rabbein Utam Friday? Or do we do it on Shabbat? Or do we push off uh, until Sunday? So if you look at the notes on the bottom four, I brought down Rav Mazuz. Actually, it shows that the Radbaz was asked the same exact question from the same Lashon in his Teshuvah. And he says that they were sitting in the same Bedin and probably the question came to them when they were sitting in their office. So he says, uh, he says, he brings in the shita of Rabin Utan And he says, however, something, this is, this is very important. First, you have to know is that they were sitting in Mitzrayim. And even now today, we have the Cairo Gineza. We have so many Genizot, so many Sfarim. Boy, there's thousands and thousands of books that we need to be worked on that we still find in the Cairo Gineza. So imagine these are four or 500 years ago sitting there in Mitzrayim and they had access to a tremendous amount of, of response of the Geonim that nobody else had. So he writes, you know, yes, Totsafot had a question, but they didn't know that people before them dealt with this. Who was that? You had Rav Shirira Gaon, Rav Ha'e Gaon the Geonim dealt with this question, and they already push it off. He says, yadayim, they pushed it off this question, because they they say, no, that Gemara M'sachim was dealing with wrong science, and they didn't go with that. So therefore, uh, he says, therefore, we don't, we don't go with the shit of Rabbeinu Tam. Uh, again, he, he asks, he doesn't understand Rabbeinu Tam, how do you go with this? Against the against the, the fact that the Gemara says that the Hanim admitted that they were wrong, but again, he didn't see probably what the Shaitanikubets had brought down because that came a little after him. Um, just to skip through, he also brings a proof from Abnisim Gaon, another Gaon. This is beautiful. If you look at the underlying words, he says, Right? What is the givul of erev? They asked him, What is the time frame of nighttime? So he says, the second shitipur, right? That it falls, the sun falls from uh, from the from the horizon. That's already shikia. So we were having we have proofs from the Geonim. I didn't mention it before, but uh, we didn't read it before. But all the Geonim are saying shikia is what we think. Shikia is when the sun goes down past the horizon. This simple pshat of the Gebar and Shabbat. And now he brings from Rabinu Avram hasid Rabbi Nu Avram is the son of the Ramban, right? And he says for sure Every we know everything he says is midavar aviv. It's from his father, right? He says he says clearly. I'm just going to read the underlines. He talks about Ben Hashem He says, right? He says, Daytime is when the sun is still going past, is still going past the horizon. It's still day until the entire Agula, the entire sun goes past the ofik the, the horizon. So he's bringing, this is the Maharama Ashkar. He's bringing from the sefer of the Rabbi and Arambam, when actually, nowadays, you know, he wrote the sefer, I must speak of the Hashem, uh, in Arabic, it's called, uh, I forgot how to say it in Arabic, I'm sure Ohad knows it properly, but he has uh, the Arabic, uh, translate, the Arabic work in front of him, and we have only fragments of that available nowadays, and he had this in front of him, and of course, we can believe, Maram al-Ashkar, that he's reading rabbin Avraham and Arambam, and Rabbeinu and Arambam is telling for sure what his father believes, and that Shekia is what we... Uh, is what we what we think like when the sun goes past the horizon. Uh, right, and he says, everybody knows we have to follow the Rambam in this. And of course, Arbino Avram was talking about his father, Shita. Right, we can't go left or right from the Rambam, especially in Mitzrayim, because that's the place where the Rambam passed away. Right, and uh, let's see we can, let's, let's go a little further. Um, in the end, he's posek. We go like, uh, we push it off to Yom Rishon. We push it off to Sunday because Ben Hashem Hashot is Safek day, Safek night time. We're not going to do it on Friday because it's past Friday. And we're not going to do it on Shabbat because it's Safek if it's Shabbat. And therefore we do it. We push it off to Sunday. And that's actually the, the Halacha that the Chida brings down. Any posseg nowadays will tell you that. Anyways, the question is Halacha say, What does Shuchan Aruch possek like? So you open up the Shuchan Aruch in Orechaim, He brings down. He talks about Tosefet Shabbat, right? The whole Machloket, is there a concept of Tosefet Shabbat? Is it the Rambam holds it's only by Yom Kippur? But other Rishonim argue and say, no, it applies by Shabbat. So when is this man of Tosefet Shabbat? So he says, I'm going to read the bold. The Tosefet Hu Sheen al Ad Zman The Zman Azeh Minin right? He's going with Rabbi Tam. He's saying the time to add to Shabbat is from the beginning of shkia which means when the sun goes past the horizon, and you can't see the sun anymore on the land, until Ben Hashem Ashot, right? So Ben Hashem Ashot, according to Moran, didn't start once the sun goes past the horizon, rather much longer, which means he says, azeh, it's three-fourths, sorry, three million, three million and one fourth. so it's much longer. It's 58 minutes according to, let's say, Rashid and Maran. Maran held it's around 58 and a half minutes. That's the time. 58 and a half minutes. So, according to Maran, Kibbanu Maran, if you want to go with that, Shita, we accept the rulings of Maran. When the sun goes down, you have 58 minutes to drive in your car, to do whatever you want to do. And only then you have the 13 and a half minutes where you have to be careful to be Machmir. But if you want to do Kabbalah, you want to do Tosefit Shabbat, you want to add on to Shabbat, no problem. You could do it before. Fine, and he explains that yeah, Kodem, he says the she was my benashamashot. She the time of benashamashot, which is three, four, seven mil, right? Shehem Kodem laila That's before the night time. So once only laila, the night, the, the word laila in the world of Maran the Shulchan Aruch, he holds it only begins at the end of Rabbeinu Tam after the benashamashot of Rabbeinu Tam, and that's why if you look at it, in Or Haim as well the Achshav regarding Tefillah Mincha. According to Maran, how long can you, do you have until you can pray Mincha? We have until the night time, which means, what's the night time according to Maran? You have 58 and a half plus 13 and a half. You can, you have 72 minutes past shikia to pray Mincha according to the Shulchan Aruch. Mishneh Torah, simple part of the Mishneh Torah, the Ramah is explaining that, you know, the second the shikia happens, the horizon goes down, the sun goes past the horizon, you have until three stars that are benonim, right? This is the teaching of Shmuel and Rabbi Yehuda. Uh, and once you see three kohavim benonim, that's laila already. However, the problem gets like this in Perush Mishnayot. In Perush Mishnayot, according to the girsa that most people have, probably if you go on Sepharia, this is the girsa says ki Once the sun goes down, shkiya, or not shkiya yet. Yeah, until you see uh, a big star, it's still daytime. And even, and even if you see one star past the sun went down and you see one star, it's still daytime. Only when you see two stars, that's Shamashot, and three stars, it's nighttime. So the Rambam in Perish Mishrayot, seemingly, he just went different than what he said in the Torah, the Mishet Torah, he just said, Shkia. the second the sun goes down, that's already Ben Hashem Ashut. here he's saying, one star business, two star business, it depends on the stars, so, Rav Mazuz, in his Sefer Bait Neiman, right, which is, uh, an amazing Sefer, an amazing, probably the best, one of the best Teshuvot, that he deals with, on Ben Hashem Ashut, he goes, and pretty much attacks, Hamovad Yosef, Hamobadi Yosef, First of all, you have to know that, of course, horat Maran. Following Maran is very dear to the Rav Yosef, so he always pu- he pushes Ta'alist to be mahmir according to the Shita of uh, Maran Bet Yosef, which is Utam. and he writes that that's a minhag in Israel. And not only that, he tries to bring proofs that even Harambam held like Utam. All right, that's the biggest hidush. Right, so uh, we're not going to have too much time for this, but Rav Mazuz he brings down that. First of all, for sure, the Rambam held like his son, or pretty much his son like held like his father. You know, he writes down that the uh, uh, Rabbinu, even if, let's say, we find a stira in the girsa of the Perush Mishnayot, first of all, Perush Mishnayot was written when the Rambam was very young. And therefore, he's Hoserbo many times. There's so many different editions of the Perush Mishnayot. If you open up Rav Kafech, Perush Mishnayot, he brings down all the different Mahudaro, the different additions and different changes that the Rambam would make. So therefore, it's very you know we're not going to make a stira between his son and the father. And not only that, Rav wanted to bring a proof. You see from the fact that the Rambam Pish talks about that when the sun goes down, it's not shkia yet. It's already. It's still. It's still daytime. Therefore, he holds like Rabin Tam. Rav jumped the gun and he said he went. Like Rabbi Utam, he said he put in, he implanted Rabbi Tam into into the Perush Mishayot of the Rambam. So Rabbi Mazu says, wait, wh- why are you saying that? No, it's very simple. He's just going like Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Yehuda, and amashmor Am Rabbi that talks about one star, two star, three stars. That one star is still daytime, two stars is Benashimashot, and three stars is nighttime. So why do you have to jump the gun and say it's Rabbi He's The Rambam went with Rabbi Utam. You can still fit in the girsa of that, and then he. I'm going to just concise it, he says. But then, uh, first of all, the Rambam Mazuz he brings down that the Maharam al-Ashkar in the Arabic versions, they don't have that whole one-star, two-star, three-star business of the Rambam in Perush Mishnayot, right? Remember, Perush Mishnah, the Rambam was written in Arabic and only translated by different people into Hebrew. So that's not in there. And on top of it, I actually brought in here the girsa Ravkafeh. Ravkafeh, he says, this is the Girsa. Pretty much, Rav Kapach, in the Perush Mishnah, or you open up the blue one or the old editions or red ones, he brings down the girsa of the proper Arabic translation into Hebrew. Rav Kafah does not have what Rav Ovalia wrote in his Perush Mishnah, and Rav Kafe says probably that some it's mahadura kama and mistakes that they had mistakes in it, etc. But Rav Mazzuz actually explains it very beautifully, and there's no steer at all. Um, then of course there's a, the question that the Radbaz ask and that uh many people ask in the Rambam is that in Kiddush Chodesh, the Rambam actually brings down that one star out is still daytime. Uh if you look at it here, for example, right? The Beit Din, they have to sanctify the month. So he says, Ra'u Beit Din Atzman Yom on the 20 and, 29th day, the last day of the month, they didn't did the did the did the the star of the, the 30th. They come out yet. So they can actually still sanctify the day. Why? Because no stars came down, came out yet. However, on the 30th day, if they see, which is the nighttime, they already saw two Kohabim came out and they saw the new moon. Sorry, I'm I'm uh I'm not uh, uh explaining this properly enough, but they're trying to they see the, the new moon back in the old days, they would see the new moon, and if they would see the new moon, and the Din themselves sometimes would see the new moon they would be They would be able to be Mekadesh today. day. So he says, once two stars came out, they're not able to do it anymore. It's already the 30th day, and they cannot make it a 29th day Rosh Chod, uh, month. Rather, they have to make it a 30th, a They have to expand it. So therefore, the Rambam here in Kiddush HaKodesh is saying that the whole B'nashem or is is based off of two stars, not one star. Pretty much like what he said in the in the old edition of the Pirish Mishnah that Rav Uvadia brought. So Rav Mazu says, there's no question at all. And he actually brings that this is what Rav, uh, rav Levi Ben Habib, who was the, he was the the, the Bar Plukta, he was the big uh, rabbi that had a debate from in Yerushalayim versus Mari ben rav who tried to institute smicha again. And he was also a master in astronomy and cosmology. And he clearly said that, no, the Rambam in Kiddush very simple, this is beautiful. He says, in Kiddush HaKodesh, since this is with the Bedin, the Bedin, they were experts in cosmology. They knew the stars, how it worked. So they can be mekel, let's say, quote-unquote, lenient, and, and know when Ben shemashot really is based off of one-star, two-star business. However, for most people, that it's hard for us to know the stars, see the stars. Therefore, the Ramam just wrote in Hilchot Shabbat, ta'hama. once the sun goes down. So, but really, in essence, the truth, if you really had proper technology or you had the proper ability and, and skill to know when it's one-star, two-star, like the Bedin, the Sanhedrin did, then that's really when shikia starts. But however, we don't have it, so therefore, we don't know it. So for for general people, the Rambam wrote in Shabbat that it ta- it starts from, one uh, it starts from the sunset. Fine, and then we just skip a little bit more because I know we're out of time. Just a few more minutes, if you guys don't mind. Um, right. So there's many other proofs that. Uh, oh, it, it's very hard to understand that the, the, the Ravovadia he wanted to also implant into the Mishnah Torah of Hilchot Shabbat. The Rambam said there. Is that perhaps the Rambam is talking about Sofshkiya of Rabbi Utan? Right. So if we go all the way back up to what the Rambam writes here, Mishitishka Hama Ad Shlosha Benonim Hu Zman Ben actually wanted to say that he's talking about Rabin Utan. Let's. We have to do a pilpul, and the Rambam's talking about the Sofshkiya of Rabin Utan. But again, Rav, uh, Rav Mazuz is saying, how could you say such a thing? Uh, and I'm just adding in here. You know, you open up the Hagdama of the Rambam. He says that I'm writing this cipher for, for, you know, everybody to understand. Women, children, anybody can understand it. I wrote an in Ivrit Kala. And now, Hamavadi is trying to implant that, no, the Rambam meant here, we don't want to make a machloket between Rabbi Nutan and the Rambam, and therefore it must be that is talking about Sof of Rabbi Nutan. But again, again, would anybody ever know that if they never saw Rabin Nutan? No. Um, so then Rabbeinu he has a problem. How could we say that you know, that they're making a mistake, that uh, the the hahami made a mistake. How could they make a mistake in such a thing, right? He's, he brings down, this is Rabbi Vadya's word in green. He says, uh, right. These rabbis knew all the secrets, right? How can we go against them that without them, we're going to be like a blind person in the dark? We, these are our rabbis. So he says, Rabbi says, it's not a problem. First of all, you know they're ba- they're using the logic of their time, and he brings down like ten examples, ten or eleven examples of how you see that the let's say the Tosafot and uh, certain Hafmei Ashkenaz they made mistakes and just because they didn't understand the mitzvot of certain things, right? For example, he brings down. I'm just gonna run through these things. Is that Tamarim the a date? The Tosafot in a few places in shots, they bring down that they there was a hard klipa, there was a hard casing to them, right? And of course. We know that maybe when they're not edible, but there's no hard clay casing to dates. So anybody can you pick a date that's ripe from the field and you could eat it. There's no hard case. So Ramazuz, he says that of course the baletosafot, Rashbam they never saw a date, right? He brings down also uh, uh, that Tevin the the Bale hold that uh, that Tevin is uh, te, sorry Tevin sigurim inan ma'achal gemalim that they don't eat the the hay of of uh, or the the wheat the sorry the um stacks of 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 uh seorim of of barley that's not good food for gamalim so he says that's not true either. everybody knows that gamalim camels can eat it and obviously in provence in france they didn't have camels so therefore they made a mistake in the mitzvot you have another proof he brings he froms uh from uh uh oh get it the dried figs pressed figs right they held that they had some some hard seeds in it. And he says, Of course, we know that there's uh that there is no hard seeds, hard, uh, hard, hard seeds in the in the in the dates, in the figs, press figs. And therefore again, he didn't have that. And then he proves again that Zetim, why is it that Tosafot holds that one olive is half the size of an egg? This is the famous, uh, you know, you see the very Jewish people in Pesach stuffing themselves to eat the kazait of matzah, because they want to do the sheet of Tosafot of half of an egg, and and even the eggs became somehow this big, like ostrich eggs. So he says. Also, they didn't have. He brings proof. They didn't have egg. Uh, sorry, they didn't. They didn't have olives in in uh, in uh, in Germany or in Europe and, and that in that place in Europe. Um, actually, uh, interesting. if Somebody showed me that even they have a cookbook from like ancient Germany and they don't have olive or olive oil in any ingredients. It's just another proof for that. Um, the rimon. This is interesting, right? They didn't see a rimon. Rashi explains how the rimon is. He has to compare it to like an egg. And, and Ramazu is saying obviously. He didn't see a rimon, a pomegranate. He never saw that. <laughs> he brings out interesting is that when, it's a famous story that when the Ashkenazim they came to Eretz Yisrael to Mikaliah around 200 years ago, they for the first time they saw rimonim. They saw the pomegranates, and <laughs> what they did is they actually they they thought that you you throw out the seeds and you eat the klipa, you eat the outside of it. You don't need the you don't need the inside, and they were crying that it's so bitter, and they thought that maybe they just weren't on the level to enjoy the fruits of Eretz Yisrael. It reminds me of a friend. I had a very shivish friend. <laughs> My parents, we brought him to have sushi and they served edamami for the first time. <laughs> and instead of eating the, the the seeds inside the edamami, he was only eating the outside and throwing away the seeds. It's the same thing that happened when they first saw the rimonim. Right. So therefore, uh, th- there's a problem is because Ramazuz is dealing with a problem. And this is what Maran Ravuvadiya, to his benefit, is saying, even if they didn't see the sunset in eretz israel right the main thing i don't i don't know if i said this but we know nowadays by he brings many scientists and many Rabbanim, they bring it as well is that in the yeshalaim the shkia is around 18 to 20 minutes until three stars come out right so there's no way of rabbinic Utam's time or concept is correct besides the fact that it's based off the wrong incorrect science on the same time the mitziut the 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 truth you don't see it like that in eretz israel Right. So in France, it actually, Rabbein does bring down that in France, in that area where they were, the Shkia is very long. It still doesn't make the time exactly of Rabin Utam. He brings down it's like 10 minutes shorter if you're going to go with the exact time of Rabin Utam. And then, of course, if you're going to go again, remember Rabin Utam was going with that a meal is 18 minutes, which is 13 and a half for the B'na Shemashot. But if you're going to go with a meal is 24 minutes, then, you know, it could be like an hour and something for until three stars come out. And Ramazuz is saying, no matter where you are in the world, already past 40, 50 minutes, you're going to have plenty of stars. Almost all the stars are going to be out. So Rabbi Tam is his theory doesn't really work anywhere, except maybe in where in close to where he is, but you're still only close, not exact. But how about when Rabu, or Maran Beit Yosef, where did he live in the last part of his life? He lived in Eretz Israel. So all these great Hahamim, they saw it. So first of all, no, they're, you have the, the Rabbi ibn Habib, ibn Habib, who was a top ashramologist in, in his time living in Shulayim. They rejected the Rabbi Utam. However, Maran Bait Yosef. So first, Ramazuz says perhaps most of what he, was, what he wrote was not in Sfat. What he wrote was, you know, when he was in different places. So therefore, he won Rabbi Nutam. Number two, Ramazuz has an interesting theory is that back then, they didn't have watches. They didn't have watches and they weren't so meticulous with timing things how we do it nowadays. So therefore, give or take, you know, the minhag was always just to wait for three stars. And they didn't know precisely, you know, how long it is, this or that. This is This the time of Rabin Tam, is it not? Three stars was a siman. And therefore, that's how they kind of felt that the shita of Rabin Tam was correct. Which is hard, you know, it's still hard to deal with. It's a hard reality. Simply, I think, you know, how can Maran and other Akronin that they went with Rabbeinu Tam, my humble opinion is that, you know, they just don't want to let go of the fact that, you know, such great and most of the rishonim went with that opinion. However, Ramazu is saying he wants to give a very logical explanation, saying that they just didn't have watches back then, so therefore it was much more difficult to calculate it. And uh, another, a uh, 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 very there's there's actually in Or Torah, which is a journal that they would publish uh, publish in different teshuvot from Kiseh Rhamim and rabbis arguing with Ramazuz. They really they go on against Rab Mazuz full force, and there's plenty of teshuvot against Rab Mazuz talking about how they they hey, they say, "Come on, of course they knew how to tell time back then." Uh, and Rab Mazuz fights back with them. Well, okay, it still it still needs to be thought out. But Rab Mazuz says, after we know all this, we know that we can't follow Rabenu Tam's shita because it's incorrect science. So therefore, can we use a suffix sfeka of Rabenu Tam? Right? I'm sure if you ask any Sfaridi rabbi, most of them going like Chamubadi nowadays. Let's say. You know, uh, praying mincha, uh, or for the uh, the mohel comes late to the bet knesset after Shkia, or you have hefsek tara for a lady, she she has to do a hefsek tara before she starts her clean shabbanikiim seven days. But what happens? It's already past shkia so can you make a safek right? So Rabbi Mazu is saying, listen, we cannot make we cannot use this safek zveka business anymore. We can't make this double doubt business based off of Rav Nutan uh, because it's an incorrect shita. And He brings down that that was the mean the minhag was never to go with a, to make a suffix feka and use rabbin Tam for hefsek tara for other things as well. Uh, he only brings down by minha you could be mekel. He brings down from geonim and other others poskim that the minhag was to be mekel that you can pray even after shikia. He says you can do up to 17 minutes. Rabbubadiah says you can do 13 and a half minutes. He goes with the rambam. He says that Maran would have been Hoserbo. He would have retracted if he knew that the Rambam held that a meal is twenty-four minutes, and therefore three-fourths of a meal is eighteen minutes. And therefore, he held, he holds that you can da, you can pray minha up to eighteen minutes. Um, just uh oh, and, and just uh, sorry guys, I keep on stretching this. But uh, terutz, Rav David Shilush, he wants to make a simple explanation, a simple terutz for the stira, the contradiction between the Gemara and Shabbat and the Gemara in P'sahim. Right, so simply the 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 Geonim we saw, Rav Shira Ga'on, Rav Haye Ga'on, that Ashkar he brought, they just reject the Gemara. They say, no, stira, who cares? Goodbye to the other Gemara. They had no problem with that. But you know, now nowadays we don't really learn Gemara like that. I mean, <laughs> should we? Yes, maybe yeah. But this is not how people learn the Gemara nowadays. So Rav David Shalush he came up with a beautiful chidush. It's very simple, actually. Actually, read it. <laughs> it's beautiful. He's saying very simple in Shabbat we're dealing with the halachic day. For halacha, what's day and what's nighttime? The Gemara in Pesachim is dealing with just the actual, what is considered day and night, but more regarding the Korban Pesach, which started at Netzach but not regarding general halachot. And therefore he says that Gemara there is talking about shikia when the sun goes past the horizon in Pesachim, all the way until all the stars go out, not just three stars. For regular nights, you know, the, the, the way you talk about, probably with Goyim as well, when do you say night, when the star is completely, completely dark, filled with stars, that's when you say night. So Goyim Sahim is just talking about full night, full on night. But we're not talking about the halachic Yom. Halakhik yom, uh, the Halachik Day, is different than the, the, the way that B'nai Adam speak, that people speak. So that's a beautiful chilu. And actually, after he writes this, he brings down that the Gaon de Vilna, the gra, he also held like that as well. And I saw also Rav Mazuz in Iman. He comes up with the same Hidush. and then after he finds out oh the Gaon, the junna also held like that so all these great rabbanim they are coming in and showing that ah this is you know this is the Halakha. uh sorry that's the answer for the for the for the stira between the gemarot if you don't want to go with the extreme shita of the geonim that just kind of dismiss it very easy um last thing halakha question do you should we follow Rabin Utamli Khumra, right so Rammazus believe it or not Ramazuz he goes through 50 60 pages in this about, about why we, why we reject Rabin say <laughs> What does he say? We don't use it for suffix but because Rav Ovadi Yosef, who was the Mara de Ad, he is the Mara de Atar of Eritz Israel, he says to do it, we have to do it. <laughs> Rav Ovadi Yosef, he writes that for Egyptian communities, if you have the minhag that you don't do it, then you don't have to do it. But here in Eritz Israel, since it's the Atra De Maran, it's a place of Maran Beit Yosef, we have to be machmir. Rav David Chelush has a very different opinion. So I mean, seemingly it sounds like he's playing more politics. He doesn't want to, you know, you know, be be so uh, stick a hand out against Maran or Rav Yosef. But he's saying we do it lechumra. You can be machmir. We should be machmir because Rav Yosef said so. Even though, if you actually, uh, I, I can show you if you guys ask later, all the different proofs from almost everywhere in the world outside of Israel or outside of Maran Beit Yosef, all the sferadim were keeping. Uh, regular time with the geonim even the Benishai, they were doing, sometimes they were doing a little bit different. Um, you know, you have to really under, even last night before, before uh, I was coming home on the highway and I stopped and I just wanted to watch, uh, I had to pray Mincha, I couldn't make it to Shuan time, so I had to stop on the highway and pray and I wanted, I, I, I timed it, I have all the videos too, of just when is, is it really 18 minutes until three stars come out and really in Miami or at least let's say, is it going to be 18 minutes until the till the western side of the of the world is going to be completely red, or of, of, of Miami is going to be completely dark and not red anymore. And for me, it was around forty minutes. It was around forty to forty two minutes. It wasn't the eighteen minutes of Rambam or what the, the Geonim say. So you have to say that in Eretz Yisrael, you know, when the Gemara is talking about the simple chapter of the Gemara, if you're reading the Gemara, it sounds like this applies to anywhere you are in the world. The Gemara didn't say only in Eretz Yisrael. The Gemara in Shabbat it didn't say. Only in Bavel, it talks about it saying very Satum that the time of Ben Hashem Ashot is three fourths of a mil. Doesn't matter where you are in Antarctica, Canada, this that doesn't. It's all the same. However, the Mitzuyot is not like that. I don't know. Maybe you, I was proposing. I was just discussing this with a friend of mine before. Is that you know the Hachamim they didn't they didn't um, go to these other places with such extreme or different um, sunsets that last much longer you know I was in Edmonton in the summer and there it's around 50 minutes for 60 minutes till you see the sun so they didn't go to these type of places or they didn't go where the totspot were so they didn't see it so when they wrote it down they were just referring to the 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 uh the location there in, in let's say in Ericson Bavel had to be a very same it's pretty similar uh, the same uh latitude and longitude is very uh uh very similar of of Bavel so maybe that's that's a, a reason why but in other places that they didn't see, okay, we have to actually use degrees, ma'alot, and that's what Rabbi mazuz actually holds, you use the ma'alot, you use degrees. So there's a question, Do you 8.5 degrees below the horizon or when the sun is 18 degrees below the horizon? Oh, you have to do different uh, calculations and each person can actually calculate it for his uh, own location. However, the question is, do you have to follow Rabbi Utam? So Rabbi Mazuz saying you should do it to be Mahmir in El Israel, Rabbi David Shalush he actually, the first, you know, he starts off, off his whole teshuvah with this. The premise is, is that nobody, all our ancestors that were 10 times greater than, than us, and nobody in Eretz Israel was following Rabin Tamm. So who are we to be, you know, in such a low generation, to have such, you know, chutzpah, to be mahmir and do Rabin Utam? So he is posek in the end that if you want to do Rabbeinu Utam, it's nice to read his lashon here that I brought down, but he's in the end, he's saying that if you want to do Rabin Tamm, do it privately and don't tell anybody <laughs> because it's really yuhara. It's, uh, don't talk to people, oh, I'm Machmir Uta. You know, Now most people are, you know, oh, I'm, I'm Machmir, I'm a Sadiq Rabin Tam. He's saying, no, no, don't tell anybody. If you want to do it, <laughs> be quiet about it. Don't tell anybody. And that you really don't, who are we to be Machmir on this side if our forefathers didn't do it. Right in Morocco, I know Rav Shalom Mishashi, he, he brings down that they actually, him and another Rav, they went to the rooftop and they checked and they saw in 20 minutes, it's actually Sete Kuchavim. They had the same, they didn't follow Rabbeinu Tan. They saw the 20 minutes they were doing, He writes, the minah was 20 minutes, that was a Minag. There were maybe a few cities that they were machmir, a few hachamim, but the general minhag of everybody was to do it. Especially now that we know, you know, Rabbi David Shudush says, how can you really try to answer up when he's using false science? There are, you know, people try to answer it in different ways, but if you read it inside, He's using, we saw from the chart, the rakia. He thought that the sun went through the rakia, And we know now that there's no sun going through firmament, uh, any firmament. Azagubaruch. <laughs> any question? <laughs> oh, no rush. Okay, now I see that. That was rushing. Sorry. <laughs> thank you, Sina.
0: <laughs> well, thank you so much. That was incredible. Such amazing sources. Um, if anyone has any questions, they can unmute, raise their hand. Yeah. You, have... you have a question? Guess not. Um so hey, if anyone me. has wrong. if anyone has any uh questions or comments, uh criticisms, uh, the rav is on our uh dis- members Discord, so you can find him over there and you can um message message him and ask questions. On the platform. Um, and with that, we'll wrap it up. Uh, thank you so much, everyone, for coming. And thank you so much for, for an incredible sure Hopefully, we'll have you many more times this year. And Laila uh, Tov, everyone. Chodesh Tov. Take
1: care. Chodesh Tov.